Ask the Podcast Coach for August 29th, 2020. Let's get ready to podcast. Look, we can do this. I know it's an audio show, but look. Whee! Oh, that's, that's a new dance move. For anyone listening to the audio, first of all, welcome to Ask the Podcast Coach, where you get your podcast questions answered live. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the school of podcasting.com. And joining me right over there is the one and only Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. Always good to see you. End of August here. I think I'm super thirsty this morning, though. It's time super for thirsty? Coffee pour, I believe. <laughs> we got we, a coffee pour coming. There we go. Mm. And, of course, that coffee pour is brought to you by PodcastBranding.co, where you get to work with the lovely, the talented Mark who has not only been a podcaster since 2013, but is an award-winning graphic artist. And it's great because then you get somebody who understands graphic arts as well as podcasting. So if you need cover art, if you need a brand new, like, wow, looking website, Mark can do that. If you need some sort of lead magnet or if you need a book cover or if you need anything that you want to look pretty, Mark is the man. I am here to tell you about it. And, and he's Canadian, which means he's polite. So... He's a treat to work accurate. A treat to work with. So if you need anything, podcastbranding.co is the place to go. That look at that. That even rhymes. I just made wow. his new slogan. Podcastbranding.co. It's the way to go. And uh tell Mark mm-hmm. that uh you heard about it on the Ask the Podcast Coach show. But uh, yeah, we, what we were weighing about for anyone listening to the audio is now in StreamYard, if I decide you know what? I, I I look better on the right. I can drag Jim over to the left. And we, I am now on the right. So that's exciting. I think that would be more exciting. That is actually helpful yeah. to be able to switch those. There's been times I've wanted to do that where I've had the host on the right just because of the time they've come in. And you mm-hmm. can you can trick StreamYard to move people around. You have people drop out and come right. back in, right? But in this case, you can just you can just move them around. Does that work for three people? Do you know? Yeah, it's when I fired up StreamYard this morning, they were like, hey, look, it's a new feature. And they showed it with like multiple people. And they also showed where you could resize them. I think that happens if you have more than one person where you could actually go in and say, okay, I don't want to make these other two people really, really tiny, but I want to just give a slight edge to the the person talking, maybe. Mm. So that was kind of cool. Oh, I need to. So I need to spend some time going in and looking at these. Not this week, but last week was a seven podcast week. This was just a a, a slow week at three, four, including this one. So it's uh, I need to go and take a peek. I haven't looked at the but you. You start just using these things. Right. And and I in a week where I have me have seven in a week. It's all I can do to just kind of keep up with all the other productions. So I need to spend some time jumping in and taking a look at the new. I got to watch Dan and Gage do that Sunday town hall. Mm-hmm. And it's actually really, really, if you're on StreamYard, it's actually very, very good. Those guys got their stuff together. They, they do. Really, they really, really do. And so I need to spend some time doing that or just spend some time with Ross Brand. I mean, I, just, I should just schedule 15 minutes with Ross. <laughs> Ross, tell me everything I need to know. Fred is asking, can you demonstrate the new Zoom system you described in the School of Podcasting? I cannot because uh, if you saw my video that I did for that, looking back, I kind of go, hmm, I want to do that one again because I actually used my iPhone to record it. And looking back, I, I should have said, hmm, let's put that on a tripod. But I had that. I, I asked them, I said, hey, can I have one to play with? And they went, eh, they're kind of hard to come by. 
if we had one, how quickly could you turn that around? And I went, I felt like I was playing name that tune. Like I can, I can review that unit in three days and they went sold. So they shipped me one. I had three days to get to it. And so I did my video on the second and shipped it back on the third. And they were very appreciative of that. So hopefully that will keep me in their good graces if they want to send me more stuff to play. But unfortunately, I'm like everyone else. I'm uh, I'm going to pre-order. I am going to order one just because I think they're cool. And I think other people are going to probably uh, buy one. And uh, and I also might, depending on how it goes, I might, I know it's like sacrilege. I really miss I really think I would enjoy having my desk back. Yeah. Because the roadcaster takes, it's a big footprint. And so, yeah. So from what I hear, originally it was going to come out in September. I'm now hearing rumors that it's October. Matthew Passy from the podcastconsultant.com. I saw that in a uh, Facebook group. And then Daniel is saying here, if you're using my podcast reviews, you can find that by the way, it's school of podcasting.com slash MPR. Check out inside my podcast reviews to see the new ratings feature I just launched, but haven't published the announcement yet. So you heard it here first. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the new ratings feature in my podcast reviews. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash MPR to to check that out. That's pretty cool. I have to have to play with that. So what is the link to your iPhone video of the system? If you go to, well, I guess I need to bust that out. It's on my YouTube channel. I believe if you go to schoolapodcasting.com slash DaveTube, that will take you there. But uh, as I run over to my channel to grab the video, it says that askthepodcastcoach.com is live right now. Let me grab this link. But it's, oh, it's one thing I did find out. I watched Daryl Darnell from Pro Podcast Solutions also got one to play with, and he plugged his RE320, a Shure SM7B, which he rented from MikeRentals.com, and a, I don't have the jingle, sorry, Heil PR40 into the Zoom P4, and in a nutshell, because, uh, number one, we found out that the Heil PR40 is more gain-hungry than the Shure SM7B, but also, if you're going to be using one of those two microphones, it can drive it, but again, it's a little hissy. So you might want to invest in the, oh, I know there's a cloud lifter. And the other thing is the FET head, which will uh, boost it up. So, uh, boy, we, we should talk about this. If, if you want to hear information, you cannot get any place else. Holy moly. G- Jim, have you ever seen in your years of working in corporate, have you seen somebody like literally just walk in with gas and just burn every bridge there is to burn? Just light a fire. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. Ah, oh, this is, he's yeah, saying, unfortunately, he's got seven episodes left on Spotify. And I mean, just torch the place. It was interesting. It's really, first of all, it's a three hour podcast. And I found this out this morning because I wanted to pull clips from this. And so there are ways, fairly easy ways to download a YouTube video. And if I was smart, I would have told the system I used to download the audio because then I was trying to import a video file into audition into Sony SoundForge, and almost all of them went. Ugh. Yeah. If you're not familiar with Joe and it's not, did I say Joe Biden? It's Joe Budden. No. Yeah. Big yeah. difference. Joe Budden. Just Google it right now. Joe Budden, B-U-D-D-E-N. You can see the news. Yeah. And basically what it was is this is the guy that came on when Amy Schumer came on to, to Spotify and Amy as he put it out, underperformed. 
because we mm. all kind of went, wow, this is you know, yeah. like obviously no, no, pro- that coming. yeah. That coming but meanwhile, Joe shot up, and what he points out here is that they paid Gimlet a quarter of a billion dollars. They paid money for Bill Simmons and his network. There's another company that does storytelling, and I can I want to say it's not Pod Track, it's Pod something. Who knows? But again, a big check to these people. And he what? And he says what's interesting. They kept bringing in all these people, and at first he was kind of worried about it because when you bring in more people into the network, um, even though they're on your your label, going back to the music industry, he goes, it's still like your competition. And he goes, and what was interesting is they would pay a big amount of money. And then uh, he was still number one. And he I, he never said what chart he was looking at. He was saying they would show him the numbers and he was number one. And then they brought in somebody else and he was still number one. And then, and he was, and so he's still number one and he's kind of like, it's time to renegotiate his contract. And he's yeah. like, I saw what you paid these people. And then the thing I thought was interesting, because remember, Spotify is really started off as a music service right. and the music business is famous for just reaming people. And so now his, his co-hosts and such are also in the music business. So they were saying, we're going to give you these, this amount of millions of dollars, but we're also going to own a piece of your, your records and a piece of this and a piece of that. And he went, no, not, not for that amount of millions. You're not. And so he rejected it, but there were some other things like he said, and again, this is where you kind of go, I want to be on a big network. And I'm not familiar with Joe at all. I, this is the first time I've ever listened to him. And apparently when he first started, and I I am, this is gleamed from this one episode. It sounds like he used to do one episode a week. And they said, oh, if you're coming on board, you got to do two. And he was like, okay. So again, he's all about making sure you have value. And he's like, but it was okay, a little strenuous. But there came a time when they were getting a little crispy from doing two episodes a week. And he's like, look, you got to take care of the talent. Cause if we get crispy, the whole thing falls down. And he wanted to take a vacation around new year's Eve. And uh, they went, uh, no. So he's like, okay. And then later his dad, and I can't tell if his dad actually passed away from COVID or mm. he, he almost did, but he said his dad was dying. He was in the hospital. And so and he said, even when COVID hit, they actually still got together for a little bit before they separated and started recording. But he said his dad is dying in the hospital, looking really bad. And instead of somebody from the up and ups in Spotify, because, again, he's the number one show, they had Bill Simmons call him and say, hey, I can show you how to podcast from home. Mm. And he's like, other priorities, right? Like, my dad is knocking on desk door, not really worried about the podcast right now. And so that seemed to to rub him the wrong way. So he said, I've got seven episodes left. And he's like, I just wanted to let you guys know this because there are a lot of podcasters out here and you all need to know this. And it starts at 64 minutes. So if you're listening to it, like the first 11 minutes, I was thoroughly confused as to what the heck, because mm-hmm. he'd play like a clip from Martin Luther King and then there'd be some music and then something else and then somebody else coming in. And I was like, what am I listening to? So luckily in the show notes, it said, yeah, Kyle says he's big in the hip hop culture and entertainment media circles. So, and the one thing that, that I was curious about, and then, uh, yeah, Daniel says, I've never heard of him before this. Yeah. This is just one of those where it's like, there are bubbles Mm -hmm. and he's big. I'm not a big hip hop guy. 
I know. Shocking. Middle-aged white guy. And uh, so what was interesting about it is he does ever so slightly mention how he doesn't like doing ads. And I was like, wait a minute, then how is Spotify making their money back? So that I thought was interesting. And then the other thing he, and again, I love the way he did this because he didn't, he didn't like just play the race card, but he did mention that Gimlet's made up of a bunch of older white dudes and Bill Simmons is kind of an older white dude. And the guy from the other company that I cannot remember are probably older white dudes. And he, all he said was something like, Hey, all the white dudes got paid. He goes announced and that's it. That's, he didn't make a big stink about it. And I was like, you know what? That's a fact like that. You cannot argue that. And without calling anybody racist, he's just like, Hey, these guys got paid. And Oh, by the way, Hmm. So it was, it was an interesting, and I just, the thing was fun about it is remember when, if you can get information that you can't get anyplace else, that's usually pretty like, wow, is his co-hosts were like going, oh, so we're going to go there? And he's like, yep, we're going to just like, and I was like, wow. So that's when you got the co-hosts getting nervous, like, and he said, we got seven episodes left. And it was just one of those where I was like, I don't know that they're going to let you do six more of these if you're just going to completely throw the company under the bus. You know, light the place on fire. By by the way, Dave, this reminds me, I need to talk to you about my contract here <laughs> on Ask the Podcast Coach. And I'm just, I'm not getting paid enough. The um, interesting thing on The Verge, their coverage of this, yeah. the very last paragraph, they say, podcasting has clearly become a potentially massive moneymaker. Like, it's it like I don't know if I've heard the term massive moneymaker used in yeah. terms of podcasting yet. And so and it has. I mean, it really has now as we think about Joe Rogan and and this current this this kind of current group of uh, Michelle Obama and, and mm-hmm. such that are getting paid. So I think I think we're getting really, really close. To, we're going to see more like this is the big money. I think the big money's here finally. Like we've been talking about that for a long time. When's the big money going to show up? It's shown up. Well, that's the thing that was funny because at one point they they brought in a new contract for him and it was the one where they were going to own. And he's like, no, no, no. And and don't ever bring that back to me again. So months go by. They spend more millions and they go, hey, we really want to show our appreciation. And they bring up like, like, go buy yourself a Rolex. And he's like, all right. So he takes him and his crew to go buy a Rolex and they buy some new ones and they go, this is what the bill is going to be. And they're like, could, could you get a used Rolex? Is there such a thing oh, as it? And it was oh. like, and then it was, uh, we want to go on a trip. And they're like, mm, do you have to go to Greece? And eventually, and this is the one that I was like, ow, is he said, hey, instead of this, let's thank the fans. Let's just take this. I think it was 75,000 and again. This is all I've listened to this yeah, once, yeah. so so yeah, yeah. don't. This is not got, but I think it was seventy five thousand. He said, "Let's come up with a way to give this to the fans." And at that point, Spotify went, "Yeah, we're not doing that." And I was like, "Oh, that does not make them look good." Yeah, and so it was no. just just interesting the whole well, thing. It's, it's going to be. It, I think it's we're going to see more and more of this. I mean, really, as we see this kind of big money come in, it really becomes a lot like the sports world as mm. far as the talent is and you can demand as much as you want until they don't pay it and or or whatever right this is all posturing and positioning to get that money you're popular until you're not and then then what right so you you never know rogan has been a guy who's reinvented himself several times in the in the world he's just he is a master at figuring out where to be in the culture at the right time doing the right thing 
he jumped on podcasting at the right time, has grown an audience and is doing it very, very well without making, he's a guy that makes content without making waves on the social side of things, right? He just continues and he's super popular, those kinds of things. Now we haven't seen a contract negotiation with him yet, but so we'll have to see how that goes. But, but that's what um, I, I was wondering if this is just a way to like, is he really just doing a negotiation tactic? Oh, here? sure. For sure. Don't you think he, yeah. this is what you do? Like when you're a big, when you're a big deal, this is a tactic. Not everybody does this. Yeah. But, it, it reminds right? me a smidge of Howard Stern used to do this yeah, when it was yeah, contract right. negotiations. He'd start like, ah, that's just, and, and this is what I do. And I, but mm-hmm. I just thought it was interesting that he's not. And again, because I talked to some people that are familiar with him, like, oh, yeah, he's big in hip hop and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah. And he doesn't like ads. And I'm like, then how are they like yeah. the only thing he's doing then is bringing people over the insert ads in for him. <sighs> Maybe. So, but I well, would, I just thought it was the whole time I was like, oh, did he? It's like if you've ever read Sammy Hagar's book, he throws Eddie Van Halen so far under the bus. That you just like, whoa, I can't believe, oh, man. And this was very much the same thing. And that was the other thing they did. They did mention Joe. They said, look, Joe Rogan, we don't have anything against Joe Rogan. He's a, a different demographic, different audience, and a much bigger audience. So they're like, we're not trying to get Joe Rogan money because we realize very intelligently that they're not Joe Rogan. And I was like, well, that's good. So it'll, my favorite thing of this is I can't wait to see what happens. Like, okay, let's say he goes indie. Is he going to? fire up a big Patreon thing or is he going to like, yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah. if you're not going to be on Spotify, where, what are you? What like, what's the so next you, plan? If you go indie, then you're selling ads, right? Yeah. You're, you're, <clears throat> you're selling your own ads and you're doing your own deals and you're going to have to find somebody to come and help promote you. And you're going to, I mean, that's the, that's the thing you can do it yourself, but it, it it's going to require a ton of work to get that done. We're on Spotify. It's already all there. And so you don't like doing that. So don't do them. Just have them insert them. That's what they're good at. Yeah. Like let them insert some host reads, do some other things. It sounds like there's some bigger fundamental problems behind the scenes here. I think there's more to this. There always is, right? Yeah. yeah. There's more to this than we know. Usually when somebody loses their minds and burns the place down, a lot more has happened than, <laughs> yeah. than, than we've actually seen out there. So yeah. be interesting to kind of see how this goes. I do, I do think though, this verge, this verge statement about massive moneymaker is there's a little bit of a wake up going on of like, Oh, Hey, we can, okay. This is a potential. We can, I, I have a comment on that. I do want to oh. take a, a second. Cause Joe has a team of, he has three co-hosts. And then another guy that's doing jingles and stuff off off camera. So he's got a team. And I, I know, Jim, you had said that Carlos had a question here. And he said, if I start a podcast and I'm going to do it all solo. So this is the different end of the spectrum. I have a, a problem about talking the whole time. Well, this is where you can really just not if you want, you can script out the podcast, but at least just come up with what you have to say. I always picture one person sitting on the other side of the table across from me. And then you say what you got to say. And when you're done, you yeah. hit stop. It's- well, and Dave, I don't think you necessarily have to. I think some podcasters think they've got to start the recorder, record, stop the recorder, and then edit. And and I that's one way of doing it. In other words, you can you could sit down and do it in one shot or read from a script or whatever. There's actually, and you do this, you, you do this kind of on, in your solo work, is you can record segments. Mm-hmm. You can do things. You have to kind of be careful to make sure you're getting the sound levels the same and some of those other things. 
but you could do segments of things. So you could record a segment, get that done and edit it and off, then do another one. It doesn't have to. And yeah, it's your voice. I think some of the things uh, maybe Carlos is referring to is a 30 minute, just his voice. One of the things you've experimented with, and I, and I say you all, cause I, I don't do solo. Right. I, I, I mean, I've done like two solo shows my whole life in, in the thousand or so podcasts I've done. I think I've done two. But you've added music or you have transitional points yeah. or you have sound effects to change in between thoughts and ideas. So it's not just one steady stream of conscience. Is that the right thing to say? But yeah. or but it, it kind of breaks things up, right? I mean, you've done that. Yeah, it's well, part of that is just to give your brain a break because it is. I don't care how entertaining you are. 30 minutes of just somebody going on unless it's a really, really engaging topic so I just use transition music just to kind of point out to the audience without saying, and now we're going to go to the mailbag. It's it's just a way to have something that's like, hey, we're transitioning from this to the next. And that also then what's it makes it do, easy to do is when you're used to having these little transition pieces, it makes it really easy to transition into a little baby ad for the school of podcasting. And it's like, so you never know if the transition is going to go just to the next thing or, oh, hey, here's Dave talking about the school of podcasting. So, well, you'd even said one time school of podcasting that you've put, you put the music in. So folks, if they wanted to skip to the next segment, yeah. you could go boom, boom, boom and listen for the music change. Yeah. Right? Listen for that. So I, I like that. You've gone away from that a little bit over the last couple of years, but well, um, what I do now is I put in chapter markers, which most, but not all of the apps can recognize. So if you want to jump to a certain segment, you can just do that in the, in the app. So yeah, but, it's a lot, it's a lot of work. It's something different to think about when you, you, but you have total control over your content. Then when it's just you and you're solo, you don't have to worry about a co-host going off the rails or a co-host who has a hissy mic on a Saturday morning, <laughs> or you don't have to, you don't have to worry about those kinds of things. Cause it's just you. And so you have complete creative control. Yeah. So, and when in doubt, record a couple and, you know, what all else fails, edit. I saw somebody this morning. Uh, let me, in fact, pull up that question. Angie in a Facebook group said, have you guys ever successfully used Kickstarter to raise funds for your show? I'd love to have the funding for a professional podcast editor in particular, but there's no way I have $100 laying around per episode to ask someone to professionally mash together my recordings and sound effects, etc., so that my creative writing can be shown in the best possible way way. And I, I'm going to leave this in with a couple other things because I'm seeing a trend here. And part of it is, and that's why I'm glad you said that people are seeing now that podcasting can be big money. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard the phrase podcast manager? Mm -mm. Yeah. Somebody oh, asked like, well, my, my whole thing is like, they're like, when is the best time to get a podcast manager? Mm -hmm. And my answer was, well, when's the best time to get a music manager? When yeah. you have something to manage right. and I just, and I'm, I'm starting to see again, different industry. I don't know if that's the right phrase, but there, there are positions being invented. Like I'm pretty sure the people that are saying you need a podcast manager are people that are podcast managers. Like they're <laughs> making their own. Yeah. But that's going to follow the same trajectory that music followed, that television followed that, right. It's going to, there, there's these industries are just going to, they're all going to be the same. They all have the same kind of managers or, or, or helpers or whatever you want to, or 
whatever, whatever those the folks are, because people by themselves, when you get these, these big names in here, yeah. you can't manage this alone. Like no. it's when you're big talent, there's so many things happening. Very few can actually handle these things on their own. And so they need, they need help. This is the problem though. And we see this in Hollywood all the time is, is managers mismanage or, or the talent can't handle the talent. They, they can't handle the fame. They start getting, mm. they start reading their own comments. That's it. And, and you'll get, I mean, once you get, this never happened to me, I've never been that popular, but you start getting hate in Facebook and in YouTube and you start believing it. And yeah. So you need you, you these these people need help. I I don't blame. I mean, we're going to see that kind of industry pop up for sure. We're going to see managers pop yeah, up in this. In Kyle this says at uh, Podfest, Jessica Hurley called herself a podcast manager, and mm. then Gary's saying I think a podcast producer would be in demand. So for somebody who's going to go get guests and coordinate things and remind guests to show up on time and things like that, so. Yeah, it's, I, it's helpful. It, it, it's helpful to have those when you, when you have that much work to do. I think it's helpful to have those kinds of people. By the way, they're no different than the than the roles that would fill in for music or the roles that would fill in for TV or Hollywood or whatever. Right? It's just it's getting that person rolling. Connections help. I'm sure there's Joe Rogan had some connections in Hollywood that helped them land. Right? Oh, those absolutely. Connections. I mean, yeah. especially when he he started comedy in 1988 in Boston and then was on Fear Factor. And was on Last Comic Standing. So he had some connections. In MMA too, right? Yeah, in MMA. So, but for me, like going back to the person who wants a professional editor, because another thing said, I'm willing to pay 30 bucks. And I'm like, unless you're going to go to the Philippines. And my whole thing is, I always go back to the seesaw. More planning, less editing. Less planning, more editing. And I just wanted to say, A, are you watching Netflix? Are you watching TV? Because if you are, you have time to edit. You're not out of margin yet. So I don't know. I just I just start to see where people think they have to have NPR. But at the end, they're like, as the mm-hmm. podcast coach was mixed down by Tim Jones and Karen Smith is our music editor. Our fact checker of facts is Lyle Stevenson. And I'm like, yeah. well, and they're like, no, really, you can do it with a team of one if you want. And I, I don't know. I'm just I'm getting worried that. Everybody thinks it has to be this. I I kind of talk out of both sides of my mouth. On one hand, I'm saying it doesn't have to be this big giant production, but on the other hand, you can't talk into a blue yeti on a bass boat in the middle of a lake and expect me to listen to it because you know maybe not you, but maybe someone will. Right. Listen, I watch a YouTuber who feeds his chickens (laughs) in the morning. Every video, he's feeding his chickens. And he goes out, he's got them all named. So he says hi to him. And, and his name is Al super. And I forget the alumna acres, I think is the name of the YouTube channel. And Al is great. And he's a homesteader And and his, his, his video is okay. And his audio is okay. Now he's a YouTuber and he's doing some things. So it's a little bit different, but I think Dave, there's that niche where you can do it. Can you do it and expect to have thousands of people listen to you? Yeah. Cause Al has 307,000 subscribers. Wow. On YouTube. And he, every day he just goes out and feeds his animals and then they work on a project. And Dang. so I think, I think you can, you just, will it happen automatically is, is, is the question. Be interesting. Find your audience. You never know. That's it. Craig says he's looking for a microphone duster and tea maker. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's well, com- but, but it's like anything like, 
If you as a manager, as a podcast manager, can create value for your podcaster, doesn't matter what you call yourself. That's that's the thing, right? Is you're a partner in this. And and if you can do some things that because there's some folks who have some real talent, but they couldn't they could not manage their way out of a wet paper bag, right? They're just they're just not going to be able to do it. And so that the manager's job is to do the things that the talent can't do. Right. And and when that works, when that when that relationship works well, it's it's magic. It's just really hard because the talent gets big. And then the manager wants to grow along with the talent. And then the talent starts saying, hey, I'm really the one. This is usually where it goes wrong. Is the talent goes, hey, I'm the one. I'm the big deal, not you. Starts cutting down the manager's pay. And then it's game on. Yeah. Remind me. We got to talk about that later. Holy cow. Uh, We got to talk about Kingmakers. Plus, we have Kyle Wilcox on deck. But before we get to Kyle, I want to. Should we we quick do our subscribe? That's yeah, right. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, thank you. I'm thirsty. He's always the man loves his coffee. I do. I'm going to explode from caffeine. <laughs> but we want to thank our awesome supporters. If you'd like some one on one consulting, the teacher's pet spot is still open. And the we always thank our $20 supporters. So awesome people like Kim Kragy from Toastmasters101.net, um, Josh Liston over at tipsofthesslung.com, Carl White over at life in the Carolinas podcast.com. Shane from spybrary.com. Ed Sullivan, if you need some, speaking of audio editing, uh, soniccupcake.com will uh, get you where you need to go. Uh, Max Trescott up in the air at aviationnewstalk.com. Greg at debtshepherd.com where he teaches financial wellness. And Glenn the Geek Hebert over at horseradionetwork.com. And I believe, yes, I want to say thanks to our $5 uh, supporters today. We're talking about Corey Finneran over at IVNV.com, which I think this is his last season for that. I really want to say uh, a shout out to Chris Holyfield because I can now say I know someone personally who has COVID, as does his wife, Chrissy. And Chris is such an awesome dude over at IamSaltLake.com. So Chris, hang in there, buddy. What's cool is he's trying to do daily updates. He's like, all right, this is what it's like to have COVID. I can't smell anything. Ed Ryan at Podcasting for Radio Dummies, Eric Hunley at Unstructured Pod, Eliquity at TravelGlutenFree.me, Jason Bryant at MattTalkOnline.com, Jason at CUATX.com, Jeremy Dennis at TransmissionsPodcast.com, some guy named Jim Cullison at TheAverageGuy.tv, Jim Harold at PodLords, Joe Salcy High at StackingBenjamins.com, Jay Cleveland Payne at MoreBetterMedia.com, Carrie Porter Bond at KeyWestPerspective.com, Kim at TeachersNeedTeachers.com, Kim Slusher at Distracted Life Post, uh, I'm sorry, DistractedLifePodcast.com, Master Cauldron at CauldronScript.com, Matthew at ScottishPodcast.com, Michael Ray, speaking of the awesome Ross brand, you can find him at LivestreamUniverse.com, Rob Griffiths at Bedtime.fm, Troy Heinrichs at BlacklistExposed.com, Troy Price at FrenchPortStudios.com. And if you'd like to be an awesome supporter, simply go to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And uh, don't forget, another way to support the show is to pre-order your version of the book, Profit from Your Podcast, Proven Strategies to Turn Listeners into a Livelihood. That is coming out September 28th. You can find that at uh, profitfromyourpodcast.com or go over to uh, schoolofpodcasting.com slash profit book. And um, with the Amazon thing worked out. Remember it was showing out of stock? Yeah, they have since fixed that, and I never really did get an official answer as to what was going on. They just came back and said, yeah, it's September 28th. And I'm like, okay, 
I still, I will be very happy when I get, like, I'm supposed to have books on the way, like my actual kind of book. So like the, the old school, yeah, like the actual paper thing. So 1980 book with paper kind of thing, just in time to throw back in a box and move. So that'll be shipped to the new, just have it shipped to the new place. Hey Kyle. He's back. The one and only Kyle. How are you, buddy? Hello. Hi. I'm, you guys requested the the road wireless go, so I brought it back. Yes, yeah. and it's are you using it with with the what's that camera? The no, that Mevo Star. No, I left that at school okay. this time. <laughs> okay, and so um, un- yeah, there you go, um, Dave. Make him full. Make That's him full the, screen. Yeah, yeah. and then this so- is the receiver part. So it has battery life for both units, and it has my levels. And there's a button to change. Uh, there's three dB levels, and I've have it up to the highest one. And, and so we're hearing button. you through, what are we hearing you through? Where's the actual mic? This guy right here that's clipped to me. There, actually, that sounded a lot better when you brought that up. Yeah, it does make a big difference. Talking like this, holding it right yeah, here, it, it, it sounds like kind of like a, a real microphone. I mean, down here is, I mean, it's still good enough for like what I'm using it for and probably still usable. But they make a little, they make a, a lab like to a, plug they, into it. Well, they do make a lab and I, I have one, but I haven't even had time to test it because this was good enough for what we were doing. And that's just one more thing to give to, in my case, I'm using it for teachers. It's just one more thing for them to deal with. They make a basically like a, a handle to make it look like a, a reporter's microphone on the end of it. But if you held this about like here in somebody's face on the, go, on the street yeah. for an interview, it would be, it would be really good. So yeah. No, it does. Can you hear the sound difference in your in your earbuds when you're no, when I'm moving it back and forth? No, I know it's a big difference. Than that, yeah. Daniel saying you might want to try putting the clip on the outside. Well, and, he's just and the block on the inside. He wanted to show us what. Yeah, he's yeah, got. it's true. You could, you could do it that way if you want to. Yeah. So, so just to hide it or for yeah, just that's, hide that's it. not going to do anything for the audio. Uh, yeah, no, and I'm not sure that looks any better. Just to be yeah, <laughs> just to be a hundred percent honest, like it's a big ugly clip. Like there's no, there's no way around this. There is no situation where this looks good. Like yeah. by I just think, I just think most people don't care. Yeah. Yeah. No, right on. No, no, I'm not in, 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 from that perspective, I'm just saying you can't, this is one you can't put lipstick on a pig. Like it's yeah. just a big, ugly box that you, um, David be interesting to see if like, if you took that clip and put it next to your microphone and then use that. So like hit it next to your microphone and then, use that instead of your mic one time to see if anybody could tell the difference because that <laughs> audio is pretty good when you get it close. Yeah. yeah. But I do, Kyle, I would, I mean, man, there's a big difference between it yeah, sitting down here and when you hold it up right in front of you, yeah. that that's, there, there's a big difference. So, yeah. Yeah. But that's, I mean, two units, you just, I mean, you power them on, they come in the box. Mm-hmm. As soon as you power them on, they automatically connect to each other. They, they're prepared. And how are you using it, Kyle? Like what's the, what's your use case then? So this is in my, my use case is at school so that a teacher can walk around the classroom and send their audio into a Microsoft teams call. And then uh. students who are absent can join the classroom over video conferencing where, where most of the kids are in the physical room. But there's all kinds of. Do you want to? Do you want to be on the podcast, Turner? <laughs> oh, we're gonna have a junior. We have a you junior podcaster coming on here. <laughs> nice. We have a junior podcaster. They're always fascinated. Like, Dad, what are you? Who are you talking to? Yeah, that's what they really want. They would. They just want to know who you're talking to. So cool, Kyle. That's. I didn't realize the receiver had a meter on it. Yeah, and, and those things are kind of packed. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. So, that's pretty cool. 
Well, yeah, it's working for me. So I, I like it. Thanks for jumping back in yeah. and, and, and uh, doing, doing that. You'll have to maybe right. when you come on home gadget geeks, you can set that up as your, as your mic. Yeah. Have it. Yeah. I, I can hide it right behind. Yeah. I have to have right behind to. this guy hey, for some people. What's the retail on those? Uh, they're like 200 if they're in stock. <laughs> I think I yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. kind of out. They're kind of sold out right now. You buy a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah, so when they're out of stock, you can blame Kyle because he, yeah. he bought That's 20 right. of them. All right, Kyle. Thanks for jumping yeah, in, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're going to. Oh, interesting. I'm glad now that you can you can move those things around. Yeah, because when I went to that other view, which this thing, I can I can now. Can you do, oh, so you used not, not to be able to do this, yeah. I think, where you could make yourself big. It was only the guest for a while. Yeah, so. Yeah, that was you, a nice. Yeah, we're gonna have Kyle on Home Gadget Geeks September twenty fourth to talk about that from a education perspective to talk about all that gear that he's been buying. So we're gonna it kind of that's a good crossover between this show and Home Gadget Geeks. We're gonna spend a little bit of time talking about that stuff. And another question from Facebook. I think we've kind of talked about this in the past, but since we're talking about the massive money in podcasting, uh, this was from Dan. He says, I recall reading a statement that if you, it would be foolish not to monetize a podcast from launch in this per- current podcasting climate. Of course, the climate of big giant money. Uh, surely, though, you should be focusing on your content and not the potential for money at the start. I mean, I have a busy schedule, so one episode per week plus production time is going to be plenty to start with. Uh, bonus episodes and extra content and the added pressure of living up to the expectations of paying followers might just be a tad overwhelming. He's actually already making my argument here, but but it also had me wondering, is it maybe worth setting up Patreon from the start? Just a basic tier that rewards supporters with thanks in the episodes and on social media. Minimal pressure, but the option is there if anyone wants to express their support. Anyway, sort of thinking out loud while I do my last bit of planning, I would appreciate any thoughts. And he goes, and feel free if you want to say, that statement is nonsense. No. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. He's already got my, my whole thing is as long as you don't obsess, yeah. if you're spending more time on the Patreon part than the content. Mm. But my other worry is in some cases is people will put one up there and because you don't have an audience, well, uh, nobody signs up. And if you're using that as a benchmark as success, like, Oh, I'm going to judge if I'm connecting by how many patrons I get and you don't get any cause well, you don't have an audience yet then that might be another kick in the teeth to make you want to quit. That's my biggest worry is that it can be another, just a reminder that, Oh, let's see what's going on at Patreon. Nothing. And you're like, ah, so that was, that's another worry. And as long as you again, go in and he sounds like he kind of knows he's done a little research that it may not be happening right there at the beginning. So we should see Boy, the chat room all of a sudden went crazy. Yeah. I think it's good to prep, along Patreon lines or whatever you decide to do. I think it's good to start thinking about those things early, like he's saying, and start kind of prepping yourself for it, but just kind of, because it can influence some of the decisions that you make going forward. And it can, you, you can save yourself a little bit of work of, of the catch up work on the, on the backside of doing it. So create that account. I, I think also it just kind of keeps the top of mind as you're developing new things for the future. So it, it, it's a good thing to have. I think it's a good thing to have in place just to be aware of it. I also would try the other, the other ones that are out there just to see 
buy me a coffee or whatever, whatever else. There's a couple more that are out there. Yeah. I just got emailed for, I forget who it was, but uh, another one doing pretty much the same thing. And that's where there, there comes a point when I'm not anti like those services, but I also kind of want to go like, what's, what's making, what makes you special? Like if somebody right now launched a website where you can list yourself as an expert and also find guests, I'm like, yeah, I think that's been done about nine times now. And I don't know. It's like, I do get a few nibbles every now and then from podcast, singular guests, plural podcast guests.com. But other than that, I don't really get a whole lot of action on any of those. And I list myself on all of them. Now you might argue you get what you put into it. And right now I'm not putting anything into it, but it's, it's, that's, I guess my whole thing with this whole, like, here's another thing that does exactly what this other thing does. I'm like, really? Like, no, no uh, creativity to go. And we do this as well. Like, no, it's, it's just this with a different name. It might, and even it's not even cheaper or more it, like, it's exactly the same. And I was like, so that's always kind of so the, the chat room is blown up about the pronunciation of the word lav or lav. So the company that makes lavalier that yes. makes those. So if we were shortening that, cause we say lav, a lot of people say lav for, for when right. you're, when you're talking about this kind of mic, a lot of people just pronounce it lav. Well, a lav's the, or a louvre though. That's a toilet in some, in some right. cases. I want to use the loo. Uh-huh, right. Is there yeah. actually a V on the end of that? I was just thought they were saying loo. Uh, oh, maybe it is Lou. I think it is Lou. Yeah. See, this is where the, this is, uh, this, this is a subject all in itself. Oh, in the man. Pronunciation of things oh, because yeah. different regions pronounce things differently. We also industry wise, things start getting mispronounced. And then that mis that mispronunciation becomes the standard. And so then, then people are just like, ah, I'm just going to give up. It's just, it's just pronounced that way. So well, well, somebody, I think everybody knows. I think most people know. If you say a lav mic, yeah. they know what you're talking about instead of a lav mic. Yeah. So if we're in a microphone discussion. Right. I know. Right. I heard this. I don't know what she said, but and it, here's another one. Her name is not Kamala. It's Kamala Harris. You got to get that right. The vice president nominee for the Democratic Party. And apparently she said something in her speech at the Democratic convention that is a slur for homosexuals in Australia. Oh, as in like, as in like the F word kind of thing. I didn't mean it. It's like when you say pants, like, I'm not going to, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to podcast without my pants. Like we say that in the United States, we know it's, it's our pants, but in the UK, that's your underwear. Right. And Uh, so that means you're naked in the UK if you don't have any pants on. So this, this drives, by the way, this is a, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this drives me effing crazy when people like, well, like an American will say something and it will be it. They didn't mean it to be offensive in somebody else's culture. Like they didn't mean to do that. Right. And people get all bent out of shape. Like, do you know what that means? No, of course they didn't know what it means. If they knew what it means, they wouldn't have said it. Thank like, you. Have some, have some grace. People have some, have some understanding. I had an old professor when I was, when I was in Bible college, I had a professor tell me sometime, Jim, you need to really learn to exegete your audience, right? When you're speaking to somebody, you got to figure out who you're speaking to. But in this world of, of, of global podcasting, I can't always guarantee everything I say isn't gonna, isn't gonna offend somebody somewhere. At least sometimes I hope it does. But the, the, the fact of the matter is 
if you if you hear that and you hear it from that person and it's offensive, like have yeah. some grace. They didn't mean it. They didn't mean to say it that way. They weren't trying to be mean. But they're trying to be mean. Well, like, and it, it also you know goes, they're trying to be offensive. It goes back to the old understand before being understood. So you might want to say, "Did you know that in so and so that means such yeah. and such?" And they're and I'm yeah. going to say 99 percent of the time they're going to go. I had no idea. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Have I ever told you the Mr. Co story? It's the Maybe. best ever. Mr. Co. Say it again. I was in sixth grade. Mr. Co was a fifth grade teacher who had uh, somehow had an accident to where his index finger was down to one knuckle. And he was an older guy. And he would literally, if, if you're, because at that, what are you in sixth grade? 11? So you're, an, you're a nerdy 11 year old kid doing nerdy 11-year-old boy things and probably stealing somebody's a girl's book or whatever. And if you made a mistake, he would point at you with his his stump and go, that's it. You popped your last boner. And I was like, what? I mean, you cannot say that to 11-year-old boys. And right, I, I right, went home right. and my mom's like, how was school? And I'm like, Mr. Co said boner. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, he said we popped my last. And he goes, and my mom's like, okay, well, back many, many years ago, right. boner was like a mistake. And I was like, right. okay, because that's not how I was taking it. <laughs> no, and that's not how you understand it. But that happens, yeah. right? I mean, and you get to have that discussion and you say, okay, there was a misunderstanding here. In in uh, Code 3 podcast, it was talking about trying to, trying to be exact and take the amateur out of amateur hour. And I, and I get that. But people make mistakes, like especially in this context, you and I we're trying to speak on the fly and with very little preparation. And so I think it's, I, I mean, I, I really think it just, that just drives me nuts when people get that kind of crazy about those kinds of things. Like, Oh, you offended me. Or I, <laughs> I remember when I said, uh, I was actually talking to a group in the UK and I mentioned that I wasn't wearing pants and they all, they all kind of cringe. And I was like, what, <laughs> like, what did I say? And they're like, well, here that means, and we had a good laugh about yeah. it, you know? And so now I, now I can be more careful, maybe not to mention that, but I think it just goes two ways. Like, especially now as we're talking to people and it's so easy to talk to people around the globe. If they've said something that's offended you, here's the, here's the best response I can think of. Did you mean it that way? Like, yeah. just ask, like, don't get offended and then start doing and then start slamming them before just say, okay, I misunderstood that. You know, do you have, do you have Apple plus by any chance TV? No, I I no. got it to watch the Tom Hanks movie and it did exactly what they wanted us to do. It's like stayed on five bucks. Well, I started watching Oprah has this talk. It's like Oprah conversations. And the first one was with a guy who has a really cool YouTube channel called Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've and it's really yeah. good. And yeah. so it was a case where like they were talking about how the phrase white privilege can trigger people. And mm -hmm. then they had one. I finally get now because I've come to the realization that the word racist, and I don't want to turn this into a giant race discussion, but am I going to have to save you from this conversation? No, again, no. Okay, good. <laughs> racist now, because when I hear that, when I, when somebody says, well, you're a racist in my head, racist was the guy on Howard Stern that thinks that all people of color are inferior to the white right. race. Right. Like you're just like that guy used to, well, it's the same as an animal. And I was like, dang, is that seriously what that guy thinks? So when somebody says you're a racist, I'm like, I am nowhere near that dude. And now what it is, is if you've ever done something, I'll give you an example that I was like, you know what? 
that was kind of racist. And I would have to say, yep, that was a racist action. Didn't realize it at the time. But and then they, they get into a whole thing about how yeah. if you see if you watch the media and the media portrays people of color as big, spooky people who are out to kill you and do drugs, that then affects your actions. But I was in Cleveland once and I let my GPS take me home and I don't know where I'm at. And I all of a sudden I look up and like the church. I remember the Pizza Hut had, had bars on the windows and I was like, Toto, you're not in Kansas anymore. And there happened to be African-Americans on the street doing who knows what probably just hanging out, having a good time. But as soon as I saw the bars on the window and was like, mm, I'm not sure about this neighborhood, I locked my door. That's racist. That's based on like when I see somebody and I was like, oh, I get it now. So that's mm-hmm. what I really loved about that. I was like, okay, I understand there's a different, mm-hmm. the the word now has a different context kind of thing. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, yeah. hmm, okay. So um, but I think it's it's a great opportunity for us, for us to ask questions about misunderstandings. Well, that's right. That's what's so great about yeah. all this, the Oprah thing. They had like a bunch of people of all different shapes and sizes and colors. And they were all like, oh, well, I thought this meant that. No, this is how this is taken. And that's really what's, I'm, I'm with you. That's what's missing. Yeah. The, 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 we used to call them dialogues. I know. Yeah. Just like, Hey, did you mean that? Or yeah. so if I offended anybody by calling it a lav, it's really a lav. Sorry. I still may not be pronouncing it right. Just to be hundred percent honest, but, and I'm making fun of that just to, just to have, we, we've got, I mean, this is the, this is a great thing about this show is the chat room is so great about those kinds of things. And, and so appreciate you guys out there and what you do, but yeah, have, I think we could, we're going to need to like, it's, we're, we're getting to a point where it's just getting uncontrollable out there from a, dialogue perspective we're gonna have to relearn how to dialogue again just not be offended in dialogue again yeah. daniel says what actually inspired you to lock the doors the bars on the windows are the guys you saw and that's where i could see where some people would say it's the guys you saw i think it was the bars on the door because that's when you see bars on a window you're like eh, this is not this i hmm. but yeah. um yeah, yeah also for the record this works really well in if you're dealing with a partner so like when we went through marriage counseling, if my wife said something that really kind of was like, and I was like, and, and you wondered like your reaction was like, oh, that's I'm swinging back at this one. Not literally, but verbally. And instead, if you can go, why did you just say that? And, yeah. what, are, and what are you feeling right now? That's another way, because you may find out that they're not trying to make you feel bad or insult you or things like that. Just a little like, hey, what's and it goes back to what you're talking about, your intention. What was the intention behind that comment? Uh, slow down. Take a deep breath. Yeah. Don't type anything. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Ask yourself the question, what if I were in that person's shoes? Like, and then yeah. just kind of think about it. This is something over the last couple of years I've had to really work on, especially since my role is to do this for a company mm. and is to slow down. Like just slow down on responding to people when they, when they do things. And, and I'm often finding now, like, so I'll get it, I'll wake up in the morning and I check my phone first thing and I'll go through what came in overnight. And there may be a few comments that, that I need to kind of handle. Let's just say it that way. Like I need to take care of. And I find if I try to respond to them right then, it's just a, it's just a dumpster fire oh. train that's on top of a train wreck. That's on top of a avalanche. Like, I mean, it's just, it, it's just a nightmare. And then, but if I, if I put the phone down and get ready for the morning and get some coffee and kind of think about it for the next hour or two, and in some cases you don't have that long, but think about it for an hour or two, man, my response is a million times better. So that's, I think we all need to just take a deep breath sometimes and go, well, okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll answer that in a couple hours when 
I'm not so because listen, if your heart starts, just check yourself. If your heart's if your starts beating faster and you get a little agitated, you're probably not going to be in the best spot to respond to something like that. Wait till you're calm. Yeah. One of the things I worked for a company and there were times when the, and these are technically your other employees, but they're frustrated because the software is not doing what you want it to do. And they start taking it out on you. And I, I started to learn that if I can actually feel like the hair on the back of my neck yeah. starts to stand up, I'm like, okay, I'm getting triggered here. Mm-hmm. And with my, uh, when I'm married, if I start to get really sarcastic, that's not a good sign. Yeah. Uh, when, when you're making yeah. points that end in really, it's like, mm, okay, it's time to take a break. So yeah. that's always and fun. Family discussions that sound like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's family is hard. In that in that case, right? It just Especially gets, now when you can't escape them. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just go to the bar. I'm going to the bar. <laughs> All right. Let's let's wrap up with this one. Although this was from Megan again. I found this. I think this was in the podcast movement Facebook group. Although my podcast is growing very slowly, I keep hearing how important it is to develop an email list. But I also hear a lot about how I should be nurturing a Facebook group which is more important when it comes to engaging and growing your audience, eventually selling your other and eventually selling your other services to them. There seems to be such a push to be monetizing your podcast. And I really want to, I lost my job due to COVID, but what's the best thing to focus on right now? Since my audience is so small. So your audience. Yeah, that was me. That's the best thing that the, the small audience that you have focus on them. Like that's the, that's the best. I kind of miss those days sometimes when it's like when you got like 25 really engaged listeners that you can get feedback from. You'll never get this time again. If, you're, if your podcast grows, you'll never get that time again. I say try to reach, if it's a small audience, try to reach them all and have a conversation with them. You're not going to get this time again. And there's, you just, I, I can't think of any better advice uh, for that. I I actually, we have at Gallup, we have a pretty big audience now. And that sounded kind of, sorry, if that sounded, <laughs> oh, I, I apologize for that. But I'm trying to get small again. And I've spent the summer reaching summer here in the United States. Didn't want to offend anybody in Australia. The the I spent the summer trying to reach them. And so I've actually made 30 minute calls to folks who've, who that are in the audience to just to get, get their feedback. So I don't know, Dave, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. It's like, it doesn't, your mailing list is going to go out to your community and you don't have one yet. So if you want to, I know a lot of people like MailChimp. I stumbled across a thing called Mailer Light that is interesting because even the free version allows you to do a lot of really cool marketing stuff like AB split testing, which most of us don't need and all sorts of other stuff. Uh, and I've been sniffing that. It's one of those things, it was a total rabbit hole. And then I realized how hard it is to switch from one mail list to another. Cause if you have a bunch of like sign up forms, those all have to be redone. I was like, mm, never mind. But yeah, I would start with a Facebook group and then maybe find out if there's a, if there's a no brainer uh, lead magnet for your audience, like everybody would love this little two page cheat sheet thing. Okay. Then make that. So there's a way to do that. But again, if you have five people and you make a lead magnet and you get, 30% of that or 3% of that, that's like 0.4% of a person. So that's not a good, that's not going to work. So I would definitely focus on that. And like you said, that's uh, if you, I always look at it as like kindling when you have a small audience, that's, that's your sticks and stones that are going to catch on fire because you can is, do exactly what you said. 
when you personally connect with that person and they're like, holy cow, I'm, I'm talking to Jim Cullison. I'm like, that's the dude on the microphone. They go out and tell, like, I can't, that guy's so cool. Oh my gosh. And they just, they catch on fire super quick. And that then leads to the big log that catches on fire. Wait and, a minute. Uh, are, are you trying to burn stones? Is that what I heard? Is that what I heard? No. God, that's, that's offensive. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, you don't burn stones. No, Come on. Exactly. So no, I'm just joking. But what is coming up on, uh, believe it or not, it's wow. This, I know, like, this, so this went like that this week. But it's a great show and the audience is doing the chat rooms, doing their job when we get, when it goes fast for us. Like yeah. I just really appreciate all the comments that's going on out there. So we did part three. It's the fall lawn care or lawn gadget geeks as we've been calling it series. So Dave McCabe comes back and we, Talk about how to recover here in the United States. Chances are your lawn's pretty fried. And so talk a little bit because it's been a long, dry summer. Not for everybody, but so a lot of lawn care stuff. I'm working on the transcripts as we speak. So it'll be posted a little bit later this afternoon. TheAverageGuy.tv. Yeah, we actually got here in Ohio. We got some remnants of Hurricane Laura. And it was just, it rained all day yesterday. And the, oh, the, that'd be great. The fun part was, because they said scattered showers. So it's it's fairly nice out. And I'm walking around. And, and again, where I live, we have these little baby ponds. And all of a sudden, I look up. And you can just see the rain coming across the pond. And I was about a block and a half from my house. And all this, and these were huge, giant drops. And I was just like, and you are so screwed right now. So I just, I grabbed my phone and just start running. And by the time I got home, I was just drenched in it. So we finally got some rain. But on the School of Podcasting, to be honest with you, I have no idea. It's either going to be, I'm going to riff on Tyler Perry, or okay. I'm going to, or I'm going, I might, this might be both of these. And we're also going to talk about tracking your engagement with your audience. It's something I've hmm. kind of been working on. But uh, yeah. I found a clip from Tyler Perry and uh, was like, wow, we could learn a lot from that, from uh podcast. Because there's a guy that knows his market and makes exactly what that market needs, knowing that those people over there are not going to like this, and I don't care. So stick around for some Poach Show. Thanks to uh, our awesome supporters again and to marketpodcastbranding.co. And uh, we're going to come right back with some Poach Show. <laughs> 